So. Yeah, but if it's it's in theme for a cold open because we're reading about all the cold stories. Oh wow! Yeah, how long you've been working on that one? <laughs> about three seconds. Nice. Since you said cold open. Yeah, I mean, it's almost eighty degrees outside for me, so it seems a bit weird no, not a season. But <laughs> right, she she's probably the highest elevation out of all of us too. So. I don't know, Andreas. Like, do you live on a mountain somewhere? He lives on a. He lives on an iceberg. Right. I live on a. I live on a hill. Yes, actually, but I live. My country's rather flat. Yeah, we don't have was, a mountain. There you go. <laughs> you yeah. can't even afford a mountain. It's not about uh, affording. That's unbelievable. I mean, like, come on. Of all of all the things to judge a country on, like, I'll judge your state on not having a mountain in Florida. Seriously, what's up with that? But, you know, country, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, this is what socialism does to you. You mortgage your mountains and send them to other places so you can afford things. I literally live on a foothill. This feels weird to talk about. Yeah, but you're on a plateau. Like, so... You're, yeah, you're I'm on the plateau is, and I'm on a foothill going up to though. a higher mountain range. Right. Yeah, like uh, I, yes. If I look east, I'm looking down into a valley of a city. It's kind of great, actually. But nice. we're talking about Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's April. Yeah. Take down the lights. It's not just Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's the day of Christmas Eve we're talking about. How's that? All right. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except Harry and Mouse, which is a very good line that he was able to steal and butcher for himself. Right. Butcher, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I'm clever sometimes. Mm. Harry is not clever sometimes because he doesn't know how to put together a bike. Do you? I don't, yeah. I don't remember ever having to put together a bike. They just kind of came made. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that sounds like a child. <laughs> like, it just came that way. It just come me. No, it's like I remember oh, like going to buy them from a store and they were yeah. already like done and made. It's like I've I've never seen someone put together a bike. I don't know yeah. how complicated it is. I mean it's not exactly in his element. It's not breaking shit. So I don't know, man. Like I, I maintain and have always maintained, read the friggin' manual. Like, right. he's got instructions. He's a wizard. He, he's got his own notes and magical Ain't formula. nobody reads the documentation. It, well, that's yeah, your problem. Exactly. He's, I think Butcher's doing it because, you know, of the meme, not because, like, Harry is not, even as dumb as Harry is, he can fucking put together a bike, you know, so. No, Santa yeah. put it together for him. Yes, quite. So. Yes. Harry is not capable of putting things together, but Mouse is. Mouse knows how to read instructions, does read instructions, and then tells Harry where to put the parts together. I mean, he and tells the... Harry woof. Yes. So. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. That's all he can handle anyway. Right. <laughs> Too many syllables. <laughs> well, why use big word when small word do trick? Right. <laughs> why uh, use English at all? Exactly, you don't need it, not when you're mouse. Um, and the bike is red because it's Maggie's favorite color and she's very certain that the red ones go faster. Right, so she's an orc, confirmed, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And Harry's very grumpy when the parts actually click together exactly how mouse says it was. But then he's like, okay, let's move forward. How do I do this? Because he wants to sleep at some point. 
after he confirms that Mouse is laughing at him. And then Michael comes down just to watch and enjoy. He's in pajamas and uh, drinking eggnog, I believe. Just so you have the rest of the night to get it done, Maggie and Hank crashed about an hour ago, Michael says, and uh, Harry says, just say it. Oh, I wouldn't dream. It wouldn't be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Harry accuses him of like, you must have done a million of these things, like, or two, yeah. <laughs> Great. How many kids does Michael have again? So, Seven. Yeah. And how many of them must have like demanded one of their own instead of the hand-me-down from their sister? Like, do you think Daniel would put up with the pink one from Molly? No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But Michael says that this is something that he doesn't want to take away from Harry. This is something of parenthood that you have to go through and like that is part of the experience as well. Yep. So staying up all night, cutting himself while he's trying to figure out the stupid thing is part of this experience that Michael will not take away. And don't forget being woken up at the crack of dawn by excited children because they really want their presence. Oh, don't worry about it, Harry. I've gotten pretty used to my Molly showing up on my bedside at 5 a.m. with a cup of burnt coffee she made all by herself. It's the most annoying thing you'll ever miss once it's gone. <laughs> Dear kids bring you burnt coffee. <laughs> Uh, he can't really reach the I mean, if you consi consider yet. when Molly had to make breakfast for Harry, that didn't go so well either. Yeah, but she was like in her teens, like, yeah. you know, yeah. like later teens. The, this implies, you know, she's still even preteen. So, you know, probably like, didn't I, I until maybe, she moved away from home, I would guess. Right. Like a tradition thing. Maybe eight-ish, you know. I would, I would assume they they would have the faculties to start doing that. But I don't, I don't have direct experience in that regard. But we also have a coffee machine, so like it's more like he's going to put in too many grounds or not enough, and he's going to spill water everywhere. I, how does he burn it with the machine? That's yeah. I was a bit just curious keep on that putting that on. Right? Yeah. Molly's like, it doesn't look dark enough. Better put it back in. You know? So. <laughs> I, I guess I could see something like that. Like, also, good thing for Christmas, we got a new coffee machine. So, <laughs> Harry starts sharing some of uh, memories that he has of his dad of Christmas mornings. Most of the memories of my dad are of Christmas mornings, he says, and I just don't want to screw it up for Maggie. But the part that he remembers the most is the coffee that is mostly milk, that just a little bit of coffee to give it some coloring. Uh, and probably some sugar because he was a child and he loved sugar anyway. That's how I used to drink it. That's how Harry still drinks it, so. Yeah. <laughs> they'd make breakfast together, then he'd sit with a Harry and open the presents and they'd spend the day playing with them. Michael's happy. Michael says he'll do just fine. Michael he lets out a little snort and shakes his head and then Harry asks, what? It's, like, it's spoilers. Merry Christmas. And then he leaves. Right. Spoilers from who? Does he know that Molly was going to be there? Did he know that like you should just chew and let the Christ the gifts be giving? No, it was probably one of the angels clicking a minute. It's like, hey, he's going to have some visitors. Is this okay? <laughs> right. I mean, because uh, the guardians all have to like let all the supernatural critters in, right? So <laughs> that that's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if I remember correctly, this version is slightly different than the one that was released on Christmas, right? Yeah, do so any, I was anyone, I was going to mention that, that because 
Yeah, the so the website still has the original version. And then in in Battlegrounds, uh, and definitely, I mean, I have the audio, right? That this next bit is swapped out. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harry starts feeling something that he's been bamboozled. And uh, this was a mere child's bike. It was no match for the intellect of a wizard of Chicago. Is this where they swap it out with... Yeah, it's Wizard of the White Council in the original, but mm. in in Battlegrounds, he's the Wizard of Chicago. So, uh, we director and I were talking beforehand that it was kind of like you know the stuff with Ragnarok and Thor and spoilers. He lost his eye, but in the in the trailers, he still had both eyes. And I think even in Infinity War, they they pulled out the eye patch digitally. And then, uh, you know, like in the movie, he's obviously got that. But it's just one of those little things where, like, we were all listening to it. And we're like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Like, we've read this story like three times by now. So. Well, Wizard of Chicago or Wizard of the White Council or not, Mouse is the one who knows how to put it together. Right. And he doesn't have thumbs. Yeah. No, he's clicking along. And then Mab is just there standing above him with like all sorts of like flames are doing things and it's, then it dies down and the room is almost completely dark and then the flames are green and blue and purple and then just Mab. But, let's see. Uh, she was as tall as Harry that night, which is extremely fucking tall. Um, based on her mood and intentions, it changes. Her skin was white as frost, her lip as dark as frozen mulberries and her hair had been made from the first snowflakes to fall through the virgin air. Very beautiful, immortal, powerful of a demigoddess. Is this and pretty much the, her at the height of her power also? Uh, like on Christmas like Eve? Probably. Like pretty close to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've said the solstice in the books a bunch, so. Yeah. Which right. I mean, this is probably, close. it's not that far off. It's like three days. Yeah. So it's probably this general week. I wonder if her description in this one versus in The Good People changed a little bit because Molly commented on it. And we'll check that. And as scary as she is, she's his boss. And so he is trying to have manners and says, good evening. And then she bows to Mouse and cares about his opinion a lot more. Good evening. <laughs> Harry doesn't get any respect at all. Uh, he really doesn't. And he's the Wizard of Chicago. Sure That's why he doesn't. Mab looks at all the parts of the bike and says, a conjuring? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you aren't here to call me into work, I hope. And she says, do not be ridiculous. It is Christmas. And he's surprised. The Christmas spirit, you? Right. It falls within the realm of winter, does it not? Yeah, but you have people for that. And yes, she does in the next story. <laughs> right. <laughs> More like Molly has people for that. So. She has Molly. She has Kringle. She has, she has multiple people. And they have yeah. people of their own. Yeah. Right. She does have people, yet it does not do for the boss to spend too much time in the office. I have brought you your gift. <laughs> I think my jaw bounced off my knee before it landed in the pile of parts. What? You're participating in the holiday this year. I have an obligation to my vassals. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a small thing. She takes out from behind her back and presents with a small gift of wintry blue covered in cheerful silver snowflakes. Is it going to explode or to eat me? Do not be tiresome. <laughs> right. I mean, so I don't crazy. think Harry can, like... knows what, how to be anything else than tiresome. 
just between this and battlegrounds with the like yes i know you defy me again <laughs> you know it's just her, Make some her reference dialogue to has been so mortal popular nonsense and then we decide to do this again another day right and then a few months later they're doing it again another day yeah. right it, it this is such a good example of harry's paranoia built up over 17 books of like just because you're paranoid doesn't mean there isn't an invisible monster about to eat your face right when Queen of Map, uh, Queen Map of Air and Darkness is giving you a gift. You do be suspicious, right? And as he says, fairies don't give gifts. So what kind of trick is it? The kind that isn't. I'm not giving you a gift. I'm fulfilling an obligation. Dumbass. <laughs> right. And so, okay. Suppose I don't accept. Well, that would be your choice, as would be the consequences. Right. You're that one sad little girl. And if you piss off Mab and not her not being able to fill her own obligation, it probably hurts. She'll just take it out on you. <laughs> this is the first time Harry's ever been threatened into accepting a Christmas present. And inside the present is a box, a jewelry box. And inside that is a plain band that probably wouldn't have fit on Harry's pinky. It was made up of some kind of silvery opalescent metal. And when he brushed a, t a fingertip over it, it was humming with stored energy. Okay, that's potent. So what does it do? It is meant for Maggie, and it will give her powers. And he snaps the box shut and goes, what? Excuse me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> She's impatient. Not like that wizard. If you give her the ring, she will have a certain amount of influence until the next stroke of noon over the forces of winter. And it will play music. And Harry gets right. suspicious again. What music? Mab leans over, opens the box, and obligingly touched the ring. It immediately buzzed, and the room filled with a swirl of music as a woman's voice sang, the snow glows white on the mountains tonight, which wasn't enough for Come me on. to recognize. Sing it. Sing uh, it. Please don't. <laughs> I ain't doing that. But this, this I'm not is, warmed up, otherwise I would. <laughs> this is the music from Frozen that he has heard way too many times. Uh, he shut the box on the sound and I had mad. It was just possible I'd already heard that song enough to make his teeth itch. Right. Yeah. So now I understand. It is a gift to Maggie and a painful thing for Harry. <laughs> you are welcome. Is it going to be possible for her to free someone's heart and turn them into an ice statue? Matt looks baffled. Those are the powers in the motion picture. Should I have cheated her? Right. Nope. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because like this, this reading, I'm like, power over the forces of winter i mean does that mean she could call trolls or something like you know it's implied here that she gets the powers from the movie but what mab says is the powers over the forces of winter and usually when you hear the forces of winter it involves <laughs> trolls are coming so well it just means she'll be able to make that big ice ice golem that was sentient there you go right <laughs> it's a nice middle ground you know but Olaf? Yeah. no not did we'll, i say we'll snowman We'll call it well, the Christmas. We'll call it the he's Christmas an ice trilogy, golem, right? Te technically, no. the big ass yeah. actual thing that's made out of ice that like only speaks a few words. Yeah, you need to watch Frozen more. Apparently, also, eg, why have you seen Frozen this much? <laughs> I only and need to see these things once for the unfortunately <laughs> to retain. Uh, this story was from Hans Christian Andersen, so. You are failing in your Danishness, don't I? He's not Danish. I don't remember you know how many of those stories there are. There are like a lot. And Disney <laughs> helpfully made them all into movies for you. Look, I don't get any slack for not knowing pop culture references. You don't get any slack for not knowing every fairy tale. Especially right? if you so... keep insisting on being from there. I mean, mm -hmm. 
Well, I am from there. I mean, it's been a <laughs> while since I was in school and learned about all all of those stories. But you, you, I think we cover almost all of them in school. Like we cover a lot of them. Oh, we're so proud. I mean, to be fair though, this one isn't a direct pull, right? It's not like Cinderella or you know any of those other fairy tales that it's like, yeah, pretty much we just took the story, mashed it up, put it on the screen because it's not always direct there either. But like Elsa and and Anna are not characters from a particular fairy tale, right? Not as so, far as I know. No, yeah. I think they're just generic representations of archetypes. Right. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Okay, Harry will take Maggie out somewhere far away and quiet to play with that. And Mab says, make sure she knows who gave it to her. Why? Yeah. And it wasn't you. I know, I'm suspicious of that too. I'm like, Mab, are you grooming Maggie? <laughs> you know, already where it's like, why would that be important? You know, like for, for a mortal, it's just a courtesy, right? You'd be like, oh, Auntie Mab gave this to you, you know, because that's what Molly would say. But in this case, you're like, no. <laughs> so, oh, and this one's from the Queen of Air and Darkness. <laughs> no thanks. You just say my boss. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be lying. Well, and then the, the fire does weird things again. It gutters and it comes back to life and it's all golden and merry the way it's <laughs> supposed to be and not green and blue and purple in the way that she makes it. And then right. he says, leave me, take me back, haunt me no longer. And yeah. Mouse gets the joke. It's like, seriously, you've even read A Christmas Carol? Right. <laughs> All right I so mean, back. come on, it's the season. They've probably watched it like three times. So like when we do it, it's like, you got, so watch the Jim Carrey one, watch the Muppets one, watch, watch the old cartoon. Like you actually you haven't get... watched a one in a while, like for years, A Christmas Carol, any of them. I just oh, stick yeah. with the Muppets one. That's the seminal one. Then then you can do Scrooge McDuck from the new DuckTales. They do like a whole new, you know, Christmas Carol take where it's just like they're actually his party buddies now. So every year they come and bug him and take him to the past to go relive their glory days and shit. So, <laughs> yeah. I've seen it a few times in the last few months. So can't imagine why. I'm, honestly, it's one of my favorite Christmas stories regardless. So between that and the Grinch, like it for me, it's not the Christmas season unless I get to watch one of those anyway. But then you got to inflict them. I mean, I, share them with your children. So I remember Carol a lot more fondly than um, like the Grinch. I don't think that's. I only watched the Jim Carrey one, and I wasn't like you didn't like that one, huh? I, that was no. that was so I mean, weird. Jim... I love that just because it was such a crazy mix of weird and funny and cartoon. I like it better than the cartoon. Right. <laughs> yeah right yeah but but it's so like so close to the cartoon and what i remember you know because like i watch the cartoon every year and then when the jim carrey one came out like that's now kind of like i watch that more and yeah it's i mean it's it's all zany dr seuss stuff anyway but you know like, yeah yeah that's probably have, might be another thing because you know i mean i know now as no adults like who doctors like is vaguely but it's not we don't grow up with dr seuss here Hmm. or we didn't yeah least, you guys so. you grow up with a superhero with the penis right that's your yeah. childhood yeah so well that's not my pretty, childhood but it's gonna be the current. penis but dr seuss is weird so <laughs> the, i mean i haven't watched it but i mean and i did it wasn't what i grew up with but it seems it seems cool 
Demons are cool. <laughs> I know, right? I <laughs> so I maintain like you can come down on whatever kind of body positivity or or like pro whatever you want, but I think that teaching little girls that your penis is a superpower is the wrong message, right? That's where I draw. You just line. gotta make like, make one know. with with boobies too, and then that's sure. Yeah, I mean, fine, but yeah, your genitals are not a superpower regardless, but okay. you know, Speak for yourself. I don't <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> Ladies, well, Mr. Fantastic, he, he can't uh, a little stretchy. I want you to stop holding back, director. I want to hear it. I want it. There was a cartoon called Rocco's Modern Life in which involved a dude with like yeah, you remember uh, there was a, like a nipple powers of on a guy of like you can see your future by putting the nipples in his face. Nice. <laughs> we had some great cartoons growing up. It's a wonder we turned out into functioning adults at all. <laughs> Would you decide to sit down and watch like uh, a cow and chicken? And it's like, how did they get those jokes oh, in God. there? Oh my god! Was, that was I some mean, cartoon, cartoon network here, more for my little brother who's ten years younger than me than for me. But that's a weird show. Like I, I saw, I saw some of it like over his shoulder, and he was watching. I was like, "Man, is this for adults?" I'm not sure. Some of it probably was. I mean, like you can't get a carpet munchers joke in there for kids that you're actually meant to understand. Right. Ren and Stimpy had them. Everybody had them. I was gonna say this is all Nickelodeon, right? Like, well, no, at Cartoon Network, you had like yeah. Ed and Eddie. And, mm-hmm. and, sure. Um, I think Cow and Chicken was. Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network. I'm sure, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Dexter's I mean, that, that's just Nickelodeon Part 2 to me, but yeah. Like, well, yeah, I but, did uh, a little bit of Cartoon Network, and I remember my uncle talking to me about, like, especially Powerpuff Girls was the one that he was like, wait a minute. Like, there are definitely some adult jokes in this in this cartoon, you know? And I was well, like... There was such a weird trend so. in these Cartoon Network shows of that time period of having very effeminate devil characters. Right. And they were great they were very enjoyable and i was like i don't know why that stopped but like, i also don't know why it started <laughs> i mean the next okay. kind of person i can think of is the dean from community it's just but that's because of the one halloween episode they stuck him as a well, devil costume he has a cartoon character oh yes and but, then that kid's name lil ness so now see what happens when you raise kids on these circle. cartoons like gosh unbelievable yeah that, <laughs> Sorry, I had to no, make that, a reference. That was great. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, shall we go back to Christmas? I guess. I guess. <laughs> Do we have to? Well, let's store all this shit up for next week. Well, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, next we'll week's pitch black. Next week's pitch yeah. black. Uh, next I week is whatever that. tangent we go on, just like this week is. Let's not pretend it's scheduled to do anything. But how dare you reveal our secrets? Okay. Very Christmas. secret. Harry's working on the bike and it's going okay. And then the front door of the carpenter house opens slowly, quietly, and then Molly walks in. She has mm-hmm. white blonde hair, pink cheeks, and a long stylish winter coat because now she can be stylish. Yay. Okay. And they say Merry Christmas to each other. And he says, tell me it wasn't you who talked to Mab about Maggie's present. And she says, that was Sarissa. She showed Mab the movie. Because are they still doing the BFF things, or was that from before? It works either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's fun to think of her as you know the summer lady, but still Mab's daughter, and Titania being like, fine, you know, right. like like how am I supposed to stop this? Like 
you know, your blood and I'm supposed to get in the way after all the feelings I've got about losing my daughter and I don't know. And Matt did lose a daughter too. So now they have that in common. To the same foe, really, on two different sides. Yeah, but Harry, I mean, Harry's on the payroll though. So it was more like a mafia hit than, (laughs) you know, like... So. But he was, he was, yeah, he was just like taken out the trash. But like Aurora and uh, Maeve were both infected. They're right. like the same reason that he had to do it. Yeah, it's like they, they have that in common. And so they should all to get together for movie night. Also, he gets all the credit, but he didn't kill either one of them technically. Right. It was the fairies. I mean, and, it, and, then, and then it was uh, Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. She didn't get any credit for that. Well, well I mean, that's about it in... whatever. Yeah. She also doesn't get the hate then. Not that it matters now. Well, because they were Harry's vassal, right? So, you know, Harry did it. But it's like, by that logic, Harry is Mab's vassal. So Mab did it. Mab did both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Harry is kind of getting a a clue of what's supposed to happen in Christmas Eve. And so he says, are you here to bring me a gift? Part and parcel of the winter lady gig, she says. And she p- pulls out an envelope decorated with white snowflakes. With a flourish and a bow, she presents it. It is a little symbolic, but I think you'll like it. Inside the envelope is one piece of paper. On it was written a very large number. And what is that? The total of everyone's medical bills from last summer. Everyone who got hurt. It's all paid for. I didn't want to think about the peace talks. Yeah. Or the battleground. Yeah. Or the <laughs> fighting afterwards. <laughs> Right. What about the funerals? Yeah, those two. Those were covered. And Harry's trying to recovering. Uh, and I'm sorry, you're just trying to be kind. And I'm just, and no, don't. It's supposed to hurt, Harry. I'm glad you hurt. It means you're still you. And when we got this, what, three years ago, we didn't know how much you would be hurting. But Right. I mean, there was plenty of speculation, right? Like, yeah. you know. It, we had all assumed, you know, okay, is it Thomas? Is it Murphy? Is it, you know, whatever? And it's like, I mean, yeah, he well, did tell us he was writing sort the of, funeral. Yeah, it's sort of. And both. then he told us that so, it was a joke and a lie. Right. So which one was the lie? I don't know that he ever said that. Yeah, he he did try to throw some people off that, you know. I don't remember the exact uh, the exact post, but I think, I think Priscilla said a few like times from, it was meant to be facetious, not be taken seriously. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 Harry looks in the direction of the den where Maggie and the youngest of the Carpenter children had fallen asleep watching movies. And he says, sometimes I can't believe how arrogant I am. And if it wasn't for the kid, dot, dot, dot. And Molly leans down and hits him on the head with a knuckle. Stop it. You didn't choose for things to fall out the way you they did. You did everything in your power to stop anyone from being harmed. And you risked an awful lot getting in everyone's face after the battle. It helped a whole lot of people. That's and, probably him storming the, the meeting, you mm-hmm. know, I would assume. so. Getting in Marcon's face and taking away his castle. Right. Yeah. And he was protesting again. People who wouldn't have gotten hurt in the first place if, and then you're like a broken record. Can I give you a piece of advice, Harry? And he's like, what is that? When I was a kid, my mom spent a whole lot of time telling me how I should behave. And that worked out. But looking back, mostly what I did, whatever my dad did. Maybe you should think about what you want to teach Maggie. 
you can forgive yourself, Harry, the world won't end and it would be good for your daughter. He calls her a cheap shot, but it's still true. And it's something he never learned to do. So he's got some work ahead of him. Maybe uh, thinks, I hate it when the grass hopper has me dead to rights. And it's good enough for her. And then she gets up to leave and he's, she still has a ton of gifts to give yeah. as we see in the next story. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm busy in, in the next story. So I got to leave the scene now, bye. Yeah, So transition. I still have to get my cohorts back to full strength. I've got pickups in Japan, Norway, and Siberia tonight. I'll be back in time for morning presence. Okay, so so she does all of the stuff in Good People and that, like, so apparently or she, she meant also of giving I don't know more more stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, the the implication is that since she's getting her cohorts to full strength, that she's going to get the kids. Yeah, you know, but. Um, so apparently she can also bend space and time, you know, which I guess we see a little bit in good people as well. Right. Yeah. But she cheats there. So I don't know. Well, she says at the end of the next story that she still got the pickups when she's talking to Kringle. Okay, cool. Maybe it's a time zone thing, right? Since, you know, in Japan, it's probably like noon when it's, you know, well, she's also, you know, not only is she a fairy princess that can work around time, but she's with, Kringle. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I imagine she's covered. Yeah. And Harry's excited to see her face when she opens the Hothgear Princess Leia action figure he got her for Christmas. You don't take it out of the box. <laughs> I don't understand this reference, but they're doing something of like, I don't watch my back, Harry, I make other people watch theirs all the same. I'll be careful, you'll be dead, they shouted together. Yeah, but that's uh, um, a new hope. Is it? Yeah, when they're in the cantina bar and Luke's talking to the two guys, and he's there like, you, you know, yeah. I'll be careful ah. because they're threatening him. He's like, I'll be dead. Yeah, yeah oh. I don't like you. My friend doesn't like you either. You know, uh, I'll okay. be careful. Uh, you'll be dead. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, thank you. Okay, and then they hug, and then she leaves. And as soon as she's gone, Harry stops smiling and Mouse is like making pain sounds. Six months was not a long time in which to say so many goodbyes. And they stare at the fire and cry for a while. And he picks up the piece of paper. And if you love off a few decimal points, it was a prime number. That's a very, very large prime number. Right. On a rational level, I knew Molly was right. It could have been much, much worse. But in my heart, all I could see was blood on asphalt and all I could feel were the empty places inside me where the people should have been. And he goes to look at Maggie and thinks about how much she's wonderful and how he, like, she has a 4.0 GPA and he didn't even have a GED or something like that. All he had was a GED, but yeah. I've fallen apart before. I've let the madness have me, but I was a father now. I no longer had that luxury. Thank God. So he has to put himself back together and force himself to be better. And he goes back to working on the bike. And at some point it becomes peaceful. And then I understood why Michael hadn't helped. I was just putting the extra bullet hole stickers I picked up onto the bike when the fire crackled and popped and flared up. He says, merciful heaven, what is this? There's a sound that can only be described as a flump and a sudden flood of soot from the fireplace. And then, well, 
Then he had a round face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed underneath all of the chain mail. Kringle, tall, burly, long silver white hair, magnificent snowy beard, wore a ring hunting leathers under the male shirt, and over that was a heavy, magnificent crimson hooded robe trimmed in white fur. And he has an enormous sack over one shoulder, but no sword at the hip. And he left it in the sled. Yeah. He's not going to slay anyone in the house right now. No, not, not to the carpenter house. Might make the angels a little iffy. Make his lunch with uh, Mr. Sunshine very awkward. Just a Great. little. Like you made them uncomfortable and you didn't have to do that. He's not hairy. He doesn't need to make people uncomfortable unnecessarily. <sighs> Grego looks down at the bike and he says, that was done properly. Thanks. I'm not your vassal. <laughs> We've worked together on some things, but I'm not even your friend. So if you're to give me a gift, I'm not sure why. It's like, well, because tonight this is what I do. And because you're on my list. <laughs> and he just says, please. And uh, Kringle eyed him for a moment and winked and said, call Chris Kringer a liar on Christmas Eve one more time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like and he's he starts... never given him a gift before either. He gave him an early Christmas present in Skin Game. Belated, Maybe. but yes. Right. Um, because he was on the island, made a very hard delivery. Harry starts and then he thinks better of it. It's like, well, good. And yes, I've brought you a gift. Tell me it's not a pony for Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> he tilted back his head and chortled again. It was possible to smile when, smile when he did. Like, no, it's not for Maggie. It is for Harry himself. It pulls out a small cubic package wrapped in green and red pattern paper that I'll be damned had an image of Mouse's grinning face as part of the pattern. There was a tag on it. To Harry from Santa Claus. And the package was warm. And Kringle's like ushering him to open it and have fun. Uh, Harry opened it and inside was a plain white coffee mug, the kind you buy at a craft store. Painted on it and a kindergartner's attempted at handwriting. The scarlet letters drawn like pictograms by someone too little to understand them were the words number one dad with the E's as threes because whatever. Good thing he didn't turn the box over. <laughs> the handwriting was Harry's from when he was like four and the cup was full of light brown liquid. And something happened to Harry's eyes that he couldn't see the cup anymore. It's just a blur of firelight. He picked it up and sipped on the milk and sugar with a little splash of coffee in it. And just for a second, I smelled my dad's old aftershave. Just for a second, I heard him laughing, laughing so hard that tears had to have been rolling down his eyes. And just for a second, I felt a hand, his hand on my shoulder. Harry drank from the cup that he'd given his father on their last Christmas together. And the entire time he did, the memories of those Christmas mornings, all the laughter and hugs and the, all the play were running through his mind in IMAX. So vivid of everything. Like losing his breath at the memories of chasing my father around the yard with a new plastic lightsaber. Because everything Christmas is apparently also Star Wars. It's hairy, so. Yeah. When he looks back up, Kringle was smiling down at him and uh, he picks up this sack, slings it over his shoulder and turns to the fireplace. He's like, oh, laughter in the back of the One more thing. And he hears a thump behind him. And Maggie is there standing in the doorway to the den. And she drops the pillow that she'd been carrying. She was staring slack-jawed at Kringle. And he does ho, ho, ho. And then lays a finger on the side of his nose and vanishes up the chimney. Exactly as all the stories say. <laughs> yeah. She's 
very wide-eyed and dazzled. And as if her voice had been a starting pistol, Mouse had bounced to his feet, suddenly awake because he had slept through all of uh, Kringle. And Harry says, what are you waiting for? They run out the door. They go out and see uh, from the roof all of the, uh, yeah, I'm getting confused. I'm sorry. They see the sleigh leap into the air, reindeer and all. Santa's real. And Santa left me a bike. Yeah, Santa left you the bike. Great. Gotta love it. And they hear the Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. This one doesn't cover the next person to come give Harry a gift, though, because he's six months into dating Laura by now. So just saying. Probably happened <laughs> Christmas Day. She shows up on Christmas Day with a positive pregnancy test. Oh, oh dear. No. <laughs> now that see, it's April Fool's. That was a couple days ago, my dude. So. Okay, now to the good people in the point of view of Molly. Okay. Molly cleared out of the parents' house just before Kringle was due to arrive. He's absolute grizzly bear about his territory. So even though they're in the same place, it seems to be as long as they're not in the same time, it's gonna be okay. And he's still a little cranky over the battleground fight and we got all laid out. And Molly's heart hurts. She hadn't had time to, that night to talk to the parents, just to Harry, and that was easier. He understood the fairy mantles and what she was like now and, and why she was not dangerous. But when Molly spent time with her parents and her family, she remembered things, the flood of memories that were attached to the emotions and, or, that are all attached to her family. Memories of the person that she used to be and how she wasn't really that person anymore. And then Mab's voice comes out from the shadows. It says, the person you used to be is what holds you back. She was wearing thick white fur robes and her hair was a silver cloud around her, sparkling with crystals of frosts. Her eyes were pale in the icy blue that was nearly white. And Molly says, very 80s. Did you use hairspray? Mab's tone turns a little colder. I summoned wind and ice. If you're capable of doing that, I guess it does make it pretty easy. I mean, I'd have the perks of the job. Yeah. But, uh, it does seem like a little bit of a different description from how she was described a minute ago in Christmas Eve, but <laughs> Oh, sweet. I'll have to remember that, says Molly. And Mab is just glowering at her and at the family homes. Like, this is what keeps you from being truly ready. Ready for what? Molly's or Mab is urging Molly to let the mortal die. She will not be used to you. Molly looks at her bare wrist and is there some reason that you're spending time here? And Mab says, the mission of yours is foolish. And so Molly whirls onto her and gets all aggressive, suddenly eye to eye with her, with her nose literally a quarter inch from Maps. I am the winter lady, in the same voice of winter as she ever did. The crystal of ice formed on every surface of 10 feet from every direction. You chose me for the mantle, and now the mantle is mine. Mab stared at Molly and something unexpected happened. She bowed her head and withdrew half a step. It is your right. Uh, but her lips twist in disdain because this work smacks of summer work. How can it? This is Christmas, Auntie Mab. Just doing Christmas winter work. 
it's funny because like she stands up to Mab and inside Mab's doing the Palpatine laugh and she's like, good, good. Everything they're going to do, Mab is going to poke them. It's like, this is the wrong thing for you to ever do. And then they're going to stand up to her. And she's like, this is what you should be doing. Standing oh, up to no. everyone. <laughs> Stop. Don't do the thing. I'm clearly manipulating you into doing. <laughs> No, Stop doing Christmas. Stop uh, because bolstering the reputation of the winter night to make him oh so more fearsome. That's also going to help Mab. Right. Like on the one hand, like I think Mab could give a shit about the goodwill and the presence, right? But the fact that Molly is pulling one over on, you know, or nearly pulling one over on Santa Claus, she's flexing her power and her, you know, both political and you know, magical and otherwise, she's enhancing Dresden's, you know, um, his own legend and things like that by these acts. Like, she's okay with all of that shit. She's just like, but did you have to wrap it in sparkly paper while you did it? You know, like, I think that's she's also, the, the real. And she's not entirely wrong because the more human Molly stays, the more this job's going to be difficult. Sure. Yeah. Two birds, two lessons, one stone. Mm hmm. Very mad. Molly leans over and kisses her on the frozen cheek. Merry Christmas! And Mab is blankly astonished. Molly turns away and uh, spoke again in the voice of winter. A voice came out in a quiet murmur in the physical world, but among the Fae, it resounded throughout the city. Good people, I earn your name. Good people being the fair folk, which is the basic joke pun thing of the title. There was a rush of wind, a brief curtain of blowing snow, and my sleigh ghosted out of the darkness drawn by oh, the winter unicorn, a vast black eyeless beast covered in chitinous armor and very scary. And it got the three trihorn things because the trihorn is a hat and therefore it can't be that called. The sleigh was designed to match black and covered in swirling thorns open to the snow. <laughs> Molly strides to, towards the sleigh, gets in it, and then like glares at Mab. Mab exhales a plume of super frozen air through her nostrils and rolls her eyes dramatically. <laughs> okay, Molly gets her red cloak and then let's get moving. Okay. And the, as they start moving, they're blurring the lines between the mortal world and the never never flickering in and out of shadow reality and covering ground in the mortal world at virtually any pace the unicorn chose. So that's a pretty easy way of just going around the whole planet if she wanted to. The Battle of Chicago had devastated the city. Somewhere between 60 and 80,000 people had died and not even the eyes of winter, summer and wild could find all of the fallen. The eye of Baylor had wrecked trillion damage, trillion dollars of damage in, on Chicago's architecture. And with all the contamination, the cleanup that implied, it had taken weeks to restore power to the city and even longer to get water back into service. The government aid had been spotty at best. Marcone had done more for the people of the city than City Hall, the state of Illinois or the federal government. There's a lot of people in trouble, in despair, with not that much, and a lot of orphans. And Molly had been forced to stand by doing nothing for months because the power of winter was not a kind power. It's not a gentle power or not restorative until you have a mantle and it's gonna heal you after you get busted through a wall a couple times. It's if not the restoration. I guess so. It was not the purpose of winter to take care of anything Except, Except for tonight. tonight. <laughs> because tonight was Christmas Eve, and on this night, Christmas and winter were one and the same. 
And Molly Carpenter, who's also the winter lady, was deciding what to do with her power. And she was raised to believe very heavily in Christmas. And she says to Winter, begin. And from a bunch of uh, strategic points around the city, ogres exploded out of the never-never. Uh, their bodies bulging and straining as they carried packs the size of ice cream trucks, accompanied by troops of gnomes broken into tactical teams that seized predetermined packages from the packs and rushed them to their destinations. Elsewhere, yes. the air... I just and imagine just... gnomes in like black SWAT gear <laughs> right. carrying colorful presents. I think that's part of my favorite part of this whole thing too, is like, it's still winter, right? So it's a little bit more nightmare before Christmas and a little bit less actually Christmas, right? So you're just like, oh God, you know, and, and the gnomes are just like out there, like sleep dart, <laughs> you know, or just whatever. <laughs> like, it's just the uh, gifts don't actually try and eat through this time. Right. I think I think it's the Santa Santa Claus uh, movie with Tim Allen has like the tactical elf team as well, you know, so you could just see ELFs. Like, yeah, right. So well that's a good Christmas movie, like, actually. Yeah, they, they did pretty good with that one. I don't know if that one ages as well for me, but um but yeah, like I mean I haven't seen it for years, but I remember it fondly. I know yeah. I have seen it. I don't have an opinion on it and I can't remember shit. <laughs> Well, and it is one that we recently rewatched because, you know, children. But yeah, the I think the the ELF team is one of the things that like is kind of dumb as it is, like in my opinion. Like it it's handled great in the movie because, you know, there's like, yeah, I do look like I'm eight, but I'm actually four hundred and I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> you know, like we're professionals stand back. So but there's more air explosions and thunder of wings as great black bats mounted by goblin riders loaded with packages of their own swarmed out of the night and dispersed among the remaining skyscrapers. Black dogs uh, rushed out of the night with great packs on their backs accompanied by bands of pixies and cobbler elves. We only had several moments while, while Kringle entered the cosmic neutral territory Is that was my parents' elves? home. Cobbler, cobbler. elves. The ones that the that same as the guys from the mole? Same, I mean, race? same, same breed. I'm sure. Maybe I just thought they were summer for some reason, but maybe they're both of them. Look, winter's got feet too. They need shoes. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably <laughs> like a wild thing. So, yeah, and everyone needs shoes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. They, these ones make snowshoes, even ogres, and the little elf pointy ones for whatever the fuck that is. So, well, those ones probably have knives in this universe. <laughs> right. That works. They only had a few minutes while Kringle was in the carpenter home because the old man could be as territorial as he damned well wanted. I was going to be kind to the people, and if he didn't like it, I would introduce him to absolute zero. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> now I have enormous cosmic powers. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> The packages went out to everyone who had lost blood relatives in the Battle of Chicago, especially to the orphans. A lot of practical stuff that people needed. Insulated clothes against the Chicago winter, which Mab had arranged to be gentler than it might otherwise have been. Smartphones already paid for. Preserved food against hard days. All of it delivered to homes and hospitals and hotels and refugee centers and homeless camps. Where people had been harmed by the battle between supernatural nations, winter, the defender of the mortal world, went forth to bring comfort and security. Except for the kids. The kids got the good stuff. They got tablets, gaming systems, collectible cards, books, books and books and books Ooh, and books and books cards. and books. Now, what kind of books, though? Are we talking like, you know, friendly, you know, 
picture in chapter books? Are we talking like how to defeat outsiders? You know, the full collection of Molly the they, they all get the Necronomicon, <laughs> right? Yeah, the monster or, the monsters. Or, yeah, what was what's the what's it called for the um, Dresden Files RPG? But yeah, like that monster book where it's like this is how you bring down a zombie. This is what a Fulmore looks like. You know, so. I'm sure there were probably Harry Potter books thrown in there too. Uh, like your here's your introduction to the supernatural. We'll get the good stuff when you're a teenager. Yeah. Right. <laughs> every gift was wrapped, and on every single gift was a tag that read "Merry Christmas from the Wizard of Chicago." Yeah. The unicorn took the sleigh through the route I'd planned so that I could oversee things. I'd learned the past few years that the beings of winter were excellent help, as long as they thought you might kill them if they weren't. It's imperative to show the, that, the flag amongst them as it were, so that they suspected that I might wipe out anyone who disappointed me. In the in Christmas spirit, obviously. Yes. So. <laughs> and this is why she had wrangled for the uh, unicorn's help. Anything with what a mind was afraid of a unicorn, tricorn, whatever, and as being, and as a being capable of amplifying my power to do ri ridiculous levels, showing up with him was essentially like walking into a room with a loaded shotgun and shoving it in someone's face. She made sure the uh, sleigh was through most of the activities she planned. That sounds like she learned diplomacy from Harry. She did. Well, I'll <laughs> that and winter, but it's like, I said we'd be in cheerful today, you know? <laughs> I mean, let's face it. She had a father who kicked down doors with a five-foot broadsword to kill demons. It's not like this, this diplomacy lesson was learned very early. They always yeah. got a chance to surrender. Yeah. At least Michael and Charity. You can surrender from the shotgun. Nobody said it had to go words. off. It was more diplomatic than Harry is most of the time. Wow, well, him and Kissinger, right? Yeah, yeah. She so she's got winter diplomacy. She only brought the gun and not the sandwich. So that's winter diplomacy. No, today she's only bringing sandwiches, and the gun is like just staying with her. Oh. Well, the way that she says, like she made sure the sleigh went through all of the activity that she'd planned, so they knew I had my eye on them. It was simpler than killing someone to make a point. So she is trying to temper the winter diplomacy, but still right. the threat is there. <laughs> Plus it's a waste of a body if you just kill them for no reason. Right, she still wants that body to go do the things of deliver the gifts. Things were proceeding smoothly enough. There was a modicum of holiday hilarity in several places where the local supernatural crowd crossed paths with my Yuletide commando raiders, such as a group of goblins left Waldo Butters tied up with wrapping paper ribbon and half covered in gifts of respect from the warrior culture creatures who had seen him in battle. Martin Lindquist panicked and summoned up most of the ghost of Bruce Lee to possess him when the a raw bones had trouble forcing a particularly large package down a chimney and Morty karate chopped the poor monster half to death before it could escape. Man, I miss Mort. Give me yeah, more Mort. That, that would be a great side story. Like, yes. Morty just like goes all, you know, Bruce Lee in this case and <laughs> just starts kicking shit. You're like, wait, aren't you the short, fat, bald guy? Like <laughs> The coward that would like run back home, but, I mean, very smartly so. Right. But yeah. I, I mean, we got it. He can be like we got all that in Ghost Story, right? Like he can really be a badass when he wants to be. Yeah, he's very capable surprising. of what he want, he can do, and I want to see yeah. how is he dealing with everything that just happened with the Battle of Chicago and the sixty eight to eighty thousand people who just died very suddenly, didn't know what's going on, and they might need some ectomancer help. That fucker's making 
bank on seances right now. Oh yeah, yeah if he's smart really about it. Point. Yeah. Like so, I know where the bank account was, but how about the papers that now have gotten lost because the uh, city has been destroyed? And where do I find it? And please give me the ghost to help me. Right. <laughs> okay, a group of particularly adventurous pixies doubtless member of Dresden's Royal Guard, broke into the ale storage at McAnally's bar, got completely smashed and crashed into a large group of carolers to great musical confusion. The new crew of gargoyles Dresden had guarding the castle actually attacked a group of ogres and drove them away, then shamefacedly realized what their mission had been and clumsily set about delivering the packages themselves to the tune of considerable property damage. Could have gone on a whole lot worse. <laughs> it's just add to the check. Yeah. Molly was feeling quite pleased with herself when a red light fell over her shoulder. Oops. Yeah. And <laughs> Santa Claus, he doesn't do red and blue, just red. We do, we do, we do. <laughs> it's from his eyes. He's just like, ah. <laughs> right. It's, obviously, it's Rudolph. Come on now. Yeah. Kringle's sled uh, sweeps down out of the sky and pulls up next to hers on the Michigan Avenue, hovering in a shattery border between reality and the never-never, invisible to all but the most imaginative mortal eyes. His reindeer, enormous shaggy things that look like they belonged in an ice age, paced in a snorting half circle around me and the unicorn. The lead reindeer was surrounded by a corona of fiery red light centered around its burning eyes, not its eyes. nose. Eyes. Which makes sense yeah, as to why you'd be able to see <laughs> in the dark instead of with a nose. How did it become a nose? The song. That's how. Okay. Well, <laughs> Molly says the nose would have been cuter. The thing, look at my... Like it might casually snap its thick leather harness and rip my face off with razor sharp hooves. That's Adorable, appropriate. Really? Yeah. yeah. Matt would think it's cuddly. Right. Right. And then Kringle sitting in the sled with his own burning one red eye at the tail end of the nine reindeer. They were to him what the unicorn was to me, amplifiers of his power. I mean, even though he act only actually delivered to a token number of homes each year, enough to keep up the magic of belief alive, he still made it to tens of thousands of locations in a single night. It took power on a level that made Molly uncomfortable to think about, to manage that much spatial and temporal manipulation for no better reason than to be kind and mostly to children. So in the Dresden verse, that's how we answer it. First of all, magic. And second of all, he doesn't go to every house. He just goes yeah. to a few tens of thousands or whatever. Yeah. The ones that end up on his list. Kringle was the very best evidence that Mab wasn't as cold as she seemed. It's a good thought. As he's about to threaten her life. <laughs> right. Like you do. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's almost like a being polite to winter is to threaten your life because, like, you're worthy of killing in a way sometimes, or you're just too annoying. Hey, you're weak. Yeah. And Kringle says, what exactly do you think you are doing, Lady Molly? The eye is glowing and smoldering and very threatening. And he wanted, if he wanted to fight, Molly would fight him. But by God, this was Christmas. And she starts singing and I cannot sing, so I'm not going to, but she's dashing <laughs> through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. There you go. And he's getting bigger and more threatening. And the Reindeer are stamping their hooves, tossing their horns, and he says, this is my domain. How dare you use my authority? It's like, how dare I help my vassal do his duty? 
do good on Christmas. Right? <laughs> the pure unmitigated doll. Like, seriously. <laughs> How dare you? Did you think I would not notice from behind Uriel's boundary line? Molly says, I didn't want to do you the disrespect of not even trying to hide the Christmas shenanigans. She wanted a cup of hot cocoa and called it out of nothing because she can do that. Right. I, but I'd rather assumed you'd know if I'd been bad or good. So I thought I'd be good for goodness' sake. And she sips his hot cocoa and laughs at him. And then somehow the shadows around the sleigh eased and he becomes a little bit less intimidating. And now uh, he has a long pointed hat that matched his coat that he didn't have in the carpenter house. And he's got his sword. His power hid one missing eye from the merely mortal eyes along with the patch that covered it. His one true blue eye sparked brightly and Butcher never says which eye that is. No. You cannot take my authority away from me with, without challenge. This is winter after all. And so Molly challenges him. I'll deliver the rest of my things in Chicago before you do and beat you back here. Good enough. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Okay. So he did not wait, and then they, they leap into the air, and she tells the unicorn to go, conveying her will in every word. Uh, she shrieks and draws a sword. It's not really a sword, per se. Long story. I'd like to know that story from empty right. air. And drove forward in the howl of cold and snow and shadow. She increased the, her desire and the urgency to winter, drove the sleigh toward them, sword flashing, sending them hurling faster around their errands in sheer terror, filling the night with eerie cries. And Kringle sled zoomed through the night sky. He could, Molly could hear every time he took off from a new stop when the air boomed and split as the sled broke the sound barrier on its way into the shadows. So speaking of property damage, every single house he stops at gets a sonic booms worth of broken windows. <laughs> like, yeah. Because he's got a point to make to the winter lady. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Molly's fault, she challenged them. Right. Gotta add it to the check. Gotta take some some pride in your work, you know? Right. Can't just oh, be having these whippersnappers coming in after thousands of years thinking they can out-deliver you. Yeah. Who are they, Amazon? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Ollie may have left a few welts and bruises on some of her people while she's encouraging them because she was on a Christmas mission and still working with winter. She moved fast. I was very nearly in several places at once. In fact, the unicorn and I moved so swiftly, bending the flow of time as best I knew how, but I was new to temporal magic and the holiday delivery business alike, and Kringle had become immortal on it. He meet, beat me back. doing a little bit of time shenanigans? Probably slowing You can't do that. The White Council says so. Yeah. Also, he, he, he trained the guy work. who invented the White Council. He can do whatever he wants. Anymore. So doesn't the law say of... Do not swim against the forces, the flows of time when she's just kind of slowing it down a little bit. Doesn't matter. She's she's not part of them anymore, any more than Harry is. Right. True. She got kicked out first. Yeah. Why don't you just send Ramirez to enforce that one? Oh, please do. And then she can finish ripping his spine out. That would be good. (laughs) Doesn't have a spine. We saw that very clearly. Oh, snap. (laughs) Just like his back. (laughs) Ooh. Ow, my poor dude. <laughs> poor dude. He Nothing used to be such smart. a homie. He was. Yeah. And now he's Morgan. <laughs> All my homies hate Ramirez. 
Oh. Kringle beats her back to the spot on Michigan Avenue by 50 feet, laughing heartily as the unicorn came plunging down a panting, quivering stop parallel to his own. It's close enough, close enough, my lady. Be thou welcome to spread cheer on this night and such nights to come. But she winks it's at him. Christmas hall pass. Yeah. Right. Says, was it ever really you on Christmas when I was a kid? And he stares at her for a moment and folds his arm and says, my lady, how does one win at Christmas? And she said, when? You don't win at Christmas. Right. Well, then tell me how Christmas is most properly done. And she stops and thinks about it. And she thinks about what Michael would say. And then she starts smiling widely and says, you become Santa Claus. The smile that split Kringle's face was like the rising sun. And you did it as a gift to your friend. He said firmly, Merry Christmas, my lady. It is work well done. And then would you care to accompany me on my remaining rounds? And she gets excited. Can we go down the chimneys? Aye, with cookies and milk, plenty and to spare. You've got the night off, Jeeves, she says to the unicorn and hops down to the, onto his sleigh. Oh, I've got some pickups to make before the morning. I could perhaps manage it, he told <laughs> me, uh, winking his good eye in exaggerated motion so I know it was deliberate. I forgot that she went with him, so it makes more sense how she's able to get around yeah. them. Like, so I knew she did the time shenanigans, so I'm like, yeah, the unicorn, whatever, but I forgot she gave the unicorn the rest of the night off. You know, mm -hmm. so, the yeah. unicorn's probably looking at them like, fuck this shit. Right. It's annoying people. I was just fighting a titan, and now you got me running all around delivering packages. Yeah, that was six months ago, even in real time, let alone what it's been like at home. So it's been out grazing. Kringle's pausing for a moment, and then he's staring at Molly very penetratingly, and then he speaks very slowly and quietly. You aren't much like the last lady, are you? She says, "No, I am not." And then he gets happy. His eyes flashed with a flicker of silver lightning as he smiled. And he shook his reins and called out to his team. And off they go into the night. Huzzah. I think they're great stories. So, mm -hmm. And I, he, you know, brought them into the universe quite well, I think. So, yeah. And now we've, we've done the full read through. I believe we've covered all of the short stories, <laughs> all of the books. Everybody, oh, right. back to Stormfront. <laughs> Everybody, get the photo meme. It's done. It's finally finished. It's only taken. Oh, I think it's been three years. Or Something like that. It's yeah. never again, my dudes. I'm sorry. Like, nah, I think we should do it again before the BAT. Yeah, okay, yeah I said that as a joke. Maybe the BAT, but I yeah. Like, We're doing the very Cliff Nose version if that happens. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that, there, we've there got we years go. before we'll then. Do, absolutely one episode per book and we'll give you bullet points like these are the key bullet points not that's assuming we don't start bickering and fighting and have tangents about which one was this and we that would and never <laughs> what more than once per book <laughs> I don't know. chapter yeah <laughs> now we can't we can't afford to do chapter by chapter anymore director like holy crap so 10 freaking episodes we did it. We did it. Yeah. It was a big book. It was a I big know. last chapter. Two hours on the last chapter. Yeah. <sighs> All right. But we even have the other podcast, haha, -ha, trying to keep tangents in line there, and that doesn't help. Doesn't at all. That's. I don't know why you, it's a tangent podcast. We shouldn't stop tangents. We should. We're not stopping them. the tangents. I was just hoping maybe to contain them a little bit more to that one instead of this one, and it still is not helping. 
Oh, but that's what people come for. The tangents. I guess. Yeah. And they come for your bold leadership and stopping the tangents. What Dara Alex is bold leadership? She is the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the director and I assigned that next week we're talking about pitch black because it was one of my favorite movies. Right. We'll have to figure yeah, out. And, and you got such Ooh. pushback for that. I, <laughs> yeah. so, right. well, I mean, I've never yeah. watched it, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you've got a week to do it. Oh, dude. Yeah. And actually do it this time? Yeah. Seriously. Oh. Like, after this. I might actually watch, watch it tonight, but. Yeah. Don't know if I can. It's, even... it's a great bedtime movie. It's it's the best. So. Yeah, watch it when it's all dark. Yeah. It's all dark there it's now. Dark. Look at him. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, what I'm it, saying. It all yeah. Dark. You're not afraid of the dark, are you? Come on, yeah. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they like yeah. re- reboot that franchise? We no. just had this discussion. Oh, I they mean the, the sequel, uh, which was Chronicles of Chronicles of Riddick. No, not not, not Riddick. The uh, are you fr- the the children's show with oh, some of those? Oh, are you afraid of if the they did it? Yeah. Shit, I can tell you right now, it's shit, and I've never seen it. It's it's on my list, but I'm. As much as so, like I was that kid, right? Like I, I read those books as a child. I'm not 100 percent sure the five year old is up for it. So, so it's on my list. But it's like even though it's a children's movie, I'm gonna watch myself. I guess you know. I read so much more. Sure. Even our semi horror stuff between that and Goosebumps was good when we were children. Did, did, did you read that too, I I did quite a bit of R.L. Stein. Like some of them were okay. Like some of them got you know spooky or whatever but you know other ones are just like oh no it's a blob of jello and it's trying to eat me or oh no it's it's a dummy like you can tell some of the tropes that are like prey on people's phobias and if you don't have that phobia how laughable it is um you know like speaking of tangents i'm going to shut myself down right now because i got stories there but yeah good plan Keep hey, it concise for the while people. we're not recording, I'll fill you guys in if you're interested. So, <laughs> and maybe someday, accidentally, we'll accidentally hit the recording button. Well, you're talking about your phobias. That's not oh, very I've... cool. Whatever. To be honest, it's or custom. Not very cool to do what now? now? Hit the record button or the go live button while you're talking about it. Uh, I don't. I don't have very many phobias, so yeah, I'm not. That that's why I find them funny, you know, because especially like the ones that are like you're afraid of clowns, like spooky. Like, don't get me wrong, they've I done mean, they're scary not things pleasant, to but clowns. they're not scary to me. I just uh, yeah, spooky. I'm not afraid of it because he was a clown. I'm afraid of it because he's it, <laughs> you know. Like because if you understand the eldritch nature of the horror there, then you should be afraid, but not because he shows up as a clown. Like spooky. <laughs> 